podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to another TAT pod. Myself, Ben. This is Elliot. Liverpool have not won a game. See you next time. Take care. That's <laughs> yeah. how we could do this podcast today, Elliot. We've yeah. done the same ever since, I think, how long? I don't know how many from Double Mad you've done with us now. We, I'm sorry for anybody who's like stuck with us and watched it, podcasting podcasts out. I am so sorry because you're going to hear the exact <laughs> same thing. But first of all, my good friend, how are you, mate? Well, apart from wasting an evening, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, it could be better if, if we could see a goal. But I think I don't think I've seen a win yet since I've started these podcasts. <laughs> it's coming, mate. It's coming. Um, maybe not Sunday. It's coming, mate. Uh, but yeah, first of all, I will say if you're in here, big up. Uh, drop a like, smash subscribe if you haven't already. It would help us out massively. Uh, we're going to try and get into this as best as we can without sounding like parrots repeating ourselves. But sometimes, you know, th- there's nothing that in this game today. I'm tr- I was trying to think of things to talk about, talking points. I can probably think of three. Um, so we'll get on to it. Let's get into some of your comments. Issa Iqbal says, Klopp's loyalty is what's ruined us. Time's up for him. Signings aren't fixing this. Klopp's loyalty is with that lineup. Hmm. Don't know mm. how loyal he was with that lineup today, but um, big up, big up. Uh, top four done, lads. The season is finished. The players have given up. You can see by the way they're playing. Fair point. We'll get into that as well. And Alfie says, How Jota said on the pitch for the full 95 minutes, but Bobby and Nunes got subbed off. It's so bizarre. We'll get on to that. We'll get on to the subs. We'll get on to everything we need to discuss about that today because I wasn't happy with a couple of those subs myself. But first of all, Elliot. Issa says that Klopp's loyalty is what's ruined us. When I look at that lineup today, mate, I didn't see any loyalty. Yeah, no, it was a big thing, wasn't he? In press conference saying he's going to make changes, he did. Um, I think the comment about loyalty is probably going for Bino and Henderson again, but I don't think. I think I made the comments earlier today, going, "He wants to make changes, but he'll stick with them too." He can't not stick with them too, which is probably the bigger problem, isn't it? I mean, maybe Henderson, but he's got no other defensive midfielder to replace Fabinho with. So you can talk about loads all you want. It's You need recruitment, and that's why there's so much focus on this summer summer window. Absolutely. And if you haven't watched our stream from the other night where me and Elliot and Shiggs became the sporting directors <laughs> of Liverpool, go and watch that and you'll see exactly who we want to sign to fix this mess. Um, it wasn't easy, was it, Elliot? But no, not so. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we, we did all right, I think. Uh, Redbird, big up, says, what's wrong with Jota? He's lost his mojo. Jota has fallen off a cliff, and I hate to say it because he's one of my favourite players, and we'll get on to him. There's definitely a big talking point, but big up, mate. Uh, how Jones and Nunes got subbed off before Henderson and Jota is baffling. A lot of love for Jota today. That injury changed him so much. Of course, yeah, well, that... Is that answer to the Redbird question? I felt Jones was decent. Pulling him off for Hender was a big mistake. Pulling him for Hender was a big mistake. And yeah, Tev, I'm not going to put yours up on the screen. Fair enough. Um, do you remember anything that's worth talking about from the first half, mate? Um, Gomez had a shot, I think. Was that the first half? <laughs> Gomez and Fabinho came yeah, close was, towards, the end, towards the end of the first half. They came close, but 
it's worrying that I have to say those two names and they're the players who I've came closest to scoring goals. Because um, what what's happened? <laughs> the whole problem. What what is the problem? Is that many now? It was the midfield. It was the centre backs, and now you're looking at Liverpool. You can't create a chance to save the lives. You're having to rely on Gomez, thirty-yard shot from a tight angle to force a goalkeeper who has famously let in some howlers over the last few seasons. You thought you're letting your right back, who is a right back, playing right back, shoot from God knows how how far out to test them. You should be doing so much more, but whether you can blame just the front three or all comes behind them. We we know the score with this. You can't just blame one set, one position in this team. It, it's meant to be a team and it's so far from a team at the moment. Exactly, mate. Um, it's just like everything today from the first touches to the passes. Like, it's been bad, don't get me wrong. But today just, obviously I know we, we got a point somehow, but today just felt like there wasn't one thing. Like, if you looked absolutely desperately enough in other games you can find one or two things where you can maybe take something away from it so for City for example for mine I thought Cody Gakpo was showing a lot of promise and for him to not start today I felt that that was a bad decision myself Um and I have to agree with the comments I don't know how Jota lasted as long as he did because it was evident his mind was off it at the minute um, ever since his injuries have sort of coming in, I think he's not scored in like 31 appearances now. Yeah, I that. think it was after today, it's 31, I think it was, wasn't it? So mm. it's that's concerning. a big concern, mate. A huge mm-hmm. concern because you know, when he came in, he's scoring consecutively, like consistently, game in, game out. You know, you give Jota half a chance, he'll score it. There was that moment where, um, I think it was Cucurella, he gets past. Yeah. Back in the day, mate, he would have pulled one with his left foot. Yeah, today the, I don't know what he was doing. Such a like, you know, when you that it's like a bit of a cliche. Such a lack of confidence. That is it. In one snapshot, you he has a slight bit of confidence. He takes it first time, but he wants mm. an extra touch. He wants to. He wants to hesitate, and I feel like the whole front line probably would have done that to be honest, because they're lacking so much. Maybe Nunes never normally seemed to be because he was trying to whack one in, whack one in from about thirty five yards mm. at some point, which is all good and fun. We like Nunes. I've been in this chaos. But that is also a problem because that's what he's thinking is the best solution to not be able to get a proper chance. So it's it's just a problem, a big problem, I think. Um, but I think the whole front line's a problem at the moment. But I, I don't think I can't nail down one thing, which isn't a problem. I think the only thing is Allison. He's the he's fantastic, and I don't think he'll ever be a problem. Apart from that, Liverpool look like. They look that game today was a mid-table game if I've ever seen one, and they're meant to be two of the biggest teams in Europe. It's shambolic, really. Absolutely, mate. Uh, can you still hear me, by the way? Because I've seen it, my Wi-Fi has just dropped a little bit. Yeah, no, I can still hear you. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, I just get this thing come up on my screen when the Wi-Fi drops. Um, <laughs> my good friend has name, known this guy for a long time. Big up, mate, for joining the stream. Uh, he's a Chelsea fan. Um, annoying game, Liverpool there for the taking, but it is what it is. Wasted chances, mate. You're a hundred percent spot on. Um, and this isn't the first time for me where I've seen this against Chelsea. You know, I was fortunate enough to be at the Carabao Cup final last season, and I felt the same way as how I'm feeling now. Like, how have we got out of this? 
nil nil. There was chances for us as well in that game. To be fair, I think mm-hmm. the Van Dyke goal, uh, sorry, the Matip goal was wrongly ruled out. Um, but in terms of what you did to us, it was pretty much the exact same. Chances galore, um, just so easy to get past us. And tonight, especially, I'm just sat here thinking we've somehow got a point out of that. And any other season, a point at Stamford Bridge, it's not the end of the world. You know, you'd probably take that. Like, it's what it is. It's a tough place to go. But, Elliot, this season where we know that we have to pretty much go on a eight out of ten win streak to get a chance of top four, draws just aren't going to do it, are they, mate? No. I mean, even the Liverpool team with Reese Williams and Nathaniel Phillips, with the greatest respects to them, they went on that kind of run. Obviously, go back as well. Um, this team aren't capable of that. And it's I, it's really bizarre. It's shocking. It's There's so many different things you can call it. Um, but it, it looks to me like this is done. I think it's been done for quite a while, to be honest, since Bournemouth. It, the, the, the loss against Bournemouth, you could see that the players, the, the confidence levels are on the floor. They look tired. They look like they don't know what to do with the ball. So I think there has to be such a big focus and it, it's it then they're lucky that there's such a big focus on the transfer window i think because if they wasn't they'd be no one would be thinking oh well let's see what next season brings they'd be they'd be lots more on the players not to say that there isn't because there is and it should be but because there's bellingham there's possibly mount as another midfielder there's a whole refocus maybe there's a center half coming in i think they're a bit lucky in that regard because everyone's kind of excited about this summer whereas they wouldn't be watching that tonight. That's spot on, mate. 100% agree with you. And, um, yeah, I, I just want to go back to the lineup, mate, because, again, there was, we did a space, a TAT space before the game, and I joined it and I spoke to Aaron. And he asked me when the lineup came out what I thought about it. And I said to him, to be honest, mate, I'm past the point now where I see a lineup and I even care who's in it. Because you couldn't pick the best players on paper and we'll lose to Leeds or to Forest or whatever, get battered by City. Uh, you can mix it up and they might be okay, you know, not get battered like today. They got a point somehow. Like, for me, I'm past the point in caring now as to who starts for this team. And people were saying, like, why? And I'm just, I just, I don't care. I, I'm Same with you, mate. I just feel like slowly it's fading away. And I think it's past the point now where it's even worth melting down because you don't agree with a lineup. We've seen our strong lineups lose games. We've seen rotated lineups lose games. We've seen rotated lineups win games. We've seen rotated lineups win. It just doesn't matter who starts for me. Um it's clear what what today has proved for me is even when Klopp changes things like many of fans have asked him to do, the outcome's still the same. This team's not good enough. So for mm-hmm. me, I didn't really care about the lineup. But my question to you, mate, is in hindsight, do you think he should have made that many changes or do you think maybe just one or two? It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's getting to the point now which, where Klopp feels like he has to he has to be starting to bend certain players to the bench to make a point. He done it with Fabinho, I think, earlier on this season. He's having to do it. I mean, listen, I think maybe... I'm going to contradict myself already with this point, but I feel like the games were so close that Klopp's felt like he's had to do this. So that's definitely played into it. But I also think there's no chance he normally drops these players. So 
Trent and Salah being dropped has got to be a big, like, come on now, wake up. Listen, I don't think Salah deserves to be dropped. I think Trent did. I think that's more than fair enough. I also think Fabinho and Henderson deserve to be dropped, and they don't. And it goes to the point where they know that they can play that bad again and they can start next week. They can start the biggest, you know, against the best team in the league on Sunday. They can get away with it. The whole point of this summer is that won't be the case. But for now, the last, the running, the running, which is meant to be so head on, you're meant to be challenging to win every single game. They can drop the worst performance, some of the worst individual performance I've seen tonight and they could, they'll be fine. They don't need to worry and they should be worrying because it, it's gone past the point now where it's just, it, I'm bored. I never thought I'd say that I'm bored of watching a Jürgen Klopp team. Jürgen Klopp is one of the greatest managers with the, the fast, intense you know, sides. And you, you, you can never stop watching. I stopped watching. I'm bored. How can you be bored? These players need to wake up seriously. 100%, mate. And I just want to show something. The tweets has gone out as we've been live. Chelsea FC statement about tragedy chance. Chelsea FC condemns the inappropriate chance heard from Solman. Look, I, I want to put this in the podcast because I feel very passionate and strongly about this topic. Um, the way that they've said some is an absolute embarrassment, first of all. It wasn't some, it was the majority of their fans in the stadium today. Um, home fans during this evening's game. Hateful chanting, there's no place in football, and we apologise to anyone who's been offended by it. Elliot, with all due respect to Chelsea for putting that statement out, I'm tired of clubs cutting and pasting the same apology. Um, You know, as the tweet says underneath, second Premier League club to make a statement following an LFC game in the past week. Yeah. Where do we go from there, mate? Because obviously for for you yourself, you are more closer to the city than than I am. And I, I get angry and annoyed about it mate so yeah. for, for you what, it's, what's it's, the solution listen it's the it's the endless question what is the solution it's the most sickening thing why can't we just enjoy a game of football it's 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 awful and it'll never get better um the biggest statement that it can be made is to ban every single one of them but people don't want to sit there and pick and pick out every single one and it's it's inconclusive to also probably do that it's it's an endless situation and the fact it's becoming it used to be one idiot and maybe a few other idiots following the one idiot now it's majority of crowds it's getting worse and you know the premier league needs to step up the fa needs to step up and clubs need to step up statements aren't enough um i feel sorry for the families and i'll never not feel sorry for the families they fought so hard for justice and it's it's just it's not to them, it feels like they haven't got justice because people don't don't believe don't believe the truth, um, and it's just getting worse. And it, it's it, it's just so hurtful. Um, what to do? Listen, the FA need to pull the finger up with the FA. They're scared to um, Premier League too. The bigger organisations don't know what to do themselves. So it's an endless situation. But it, something needs to be done. But again, it's an it's an impossible question, really. Well said, mate. Well said. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like you say, none of us have answers, but we just are tired because I'm not going to try and, you know, like say whatever about our fans. But if one song, and we all know the song that could be sung about Chelsea fans, it has been historically wrongfully so as well, by the way. Let me emphasize that. And if that was sung today, 
there would be fans banned, there would be an uproar about it and all of that. But for some reason, you know, for for our club, you can you can sing whatever you want and get away with it. So for me, there has to be strong repercussions for those mm-hmm. disgusting songs. I just felt it was important to to bring that up because it's just been yeah. a statement from Chelsea made mm-hmm, about Absolutely, it. yeah. Yeah. Um another topic that people are talking about today, mate, regarding the game is the Henderson and Allison moment. What did you make of that? Yeah, I uh, wasn't pleased. Um listen, I know Henderson's the captain and he's been a he's been a really good captain. You know, he's lifted so many trophies, but I think as soon as you bring the confrontations which should be in the dressing room onto the pitch, you've got massive problems. Um, it happened against Manchester United, Old Trafford, Milner and Van Dijk. It's a worrying sight straight away from then on in from that this season. It was so early on in the season. You're thinking, oh my goodness me, you know, don't let people see that. Don't let people jump on it. Don't let your supporters worry. Don't let your coaching staff get annoyed at you. You're letting your emotions sizzle out onto the pitch when your focus should be just, okay, put it behind you and move on. Listen, I'm not a professional footballer. Maybe this is the way to do it. But I don't think it is. And I don't like I don't like it. And especially how many times has Alison Becker helped Liverpool out this season? Liverpool would be even worse off if it's possible this season. And Henderson has been miles off it. He was miles off it tonight. So I think a bit of self-awareness wouldn't go amiss. I know he's the captain. I know he feels like he should be berating players. Fair enough. It's your job. But keep it inwards. Keep it until after the after the full-time whistle, especially when you should know that you've just had an absolute harley yourself and Alisson's just got Liverpool a point. Absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, to be fair, when I first watched it, I was already angry with the game and the performance. Um, a few individuals... Um, I I wasn't happy to see it, but then I did realize, you know what? Like, we don't know what it is like. It is like to be in those situations yeah. where tempers are just through the roof. You know, they're probably feeling every bit of pressure right now on their shoulders, and obviously something's been said. I think Henderson doesn't necessarily have to kind of put himself near Allison like that. Yeah, um, it's not nice. It's not nice to see. Shout out, I'm fine. Shout out, anyone fine. Yeah. But not, not, don't do that. It's like, it's almost making, it's making a bigger situation out of what it is to me, but maybe, is, maybe yeah. it's sh- necessary. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, they'll be fine now as well. Like, yeah, there's no, yeah. Definitely, yeah. I don't think they'll take those things into the dressing rooms. But um, speaking of dressing rooms, I wanted to touch on this comment. Now, Michael, I can see why people would suggest this. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad at anybody for suggesting this. But I don't feel like Klopp's lost the dressing room. I just feel like the dressing room that Klopp has is just stale and it's just not it anymore. And, you know, we've spoken about this for so many so many episodes and so many podcasts where you can only you can only continue with the same thing for so long before it does go stale. It just becomes useless, lifeless. You know, to play the Jurgen Klopp way, we all know, and everybody knew that it's not going to be a a thing that you can do for years, years and years just because of how much it physically takes out of you. So for me, I just feel like this season is a, a product of lack of investment. And I'm not saying whose fault that is, by the way. For me, it's majority on the owners I know some people seem to think that Klopp is against bringing new players in because he loves the ones he's got so much even though he's letting Naby Keita and obviously Chamberlain go on freeze but anyway um, 
I don't think he's lost a dressing room personally. I just think every single every single team that I've seen growing up, maybe bar Man City, they did have a season where they just finished fourth and that, I think. But most of the teams that I watched growing up, Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, I mean, they were never the level that we were. But every single one of them across seven years has a season where maybe they just have to reset or maybe not a full reset, maybe just change three or four things. That's happening to us now. And as long as we're back competing next season, as long as we get the, the targets that we are thinking that we're getting um, after a certain Paul Joyce has dropped a few hints, then if we're still the same way, then yeah, I'll agree with that point. After we've seen the investment, after we've seen a few changes, if the results don't improve, if we don't get back to competing, I will concede this. But for now, I just think it's the teams all over the place. It's old, lack of investment. Maybe Klopp's a bit lost with what he has right now. Um, what do you think on, on that, Elliot? Do you think he's lost the dressing room? No, I don't think so. I think as soon as Klopp loses the dressing room, something's terribly wrong with, with the sport. <laughs> Because he's one of the most, he comes out in every press conference and I, and I think, oh my God, Liverpool are going to win and run now. He has a wayward word, which you can get inspired by. And if a player can't get inspired by that, it's the player's fault. Listen, I might be naive by saying that. You know, he left Dortmund because he needed to. But I don't think he's at that stage of Liverpool. Um, I'd, be, I'd be shocked. Listen, I think next season's a difficult one already for me because this season's accidentally became a transitional season. Because Klopp was, you know, banking on this set of players, midfielders specifically, to do what he done last season. That naivety or whatever you want to call it, trust, too much trust. Um, it's backfired, obviously. So this has accidentally turned into a transitional season where you're betting in the likes of Nunes. They've jumped the gap out. You're betting in these players. You're then betting in these players with other players who shouldn't be there. So then you've got now to got to get a whole lot of other midfielders in next season. It's, it's, listen, I think it will be, Liverpool need to be competing, but I don't think they'll be competing to the point where they have been in the past because we have to kind of maybe reluctantly say it's going to be another transitional season because of how many signings are expected to come in. Um, so I don't think, Listen, if it's as bad as it is now, at the start of next season, questions should be rightly asked. I think questions are getting asked now and I think they're fair to be asked. But I think a transitional season again next season is what, what should be expected, but not this. This is not this is not good. This is, no. you know, Liverpool are possibly gonna be in the bottom half of the table come the end of this season. It's not that's not transition, that's everything's gone bloody wrong very quickly. So next season's a tough one, but I think you know, Klopp wouldn't have lost the dressing room. I think the players, as you said, stale. And it needs, I mean, everyone knows it needs refreshing, but, yeah. you know, it's 12 months too late to refresh. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, look, we all know that. And I think it's clear the targets we want, we can speak about them, but we all know. Um, there's two that have been reliably linked over the last couple months, time and time again. Jude Bellingham, Mason Mount. The other one, which I was pretty certain was going to come in, Mateus Nunes, has been mm. played down now. Apparently, Wolves have taken the clause out of his contract, which allowed him to move to us 
for 40 million or something like that. So, um, yeah, we ain't getting him now. There's no way we go over 50, which I think is what they're probably going to hold out for. So, yeah, I mean, Bellingham and Mount, is that the, the solution? No. Is that a very, very good start for me? Yes. I think just Bellingham bringing him in already is just night and day on what we have right now. And, you know, you've got these edgy people on, on social media that try and play down to Bellingham's talent and ability for a 19-year-old kid. And it's like, honestly, have you, have you watched this guy <laughs> play football? Because for what he does now is not normal for a 19-year-old. And honestly, if we brought him in, people would soon realise exactly what this kid's all about exactly how good he can be and exactly how lucky we are because if he does come in, we are incredibly lucky because he's a better man than I am coming into this team. I'll tell you that much because I can't think of many situations where that has happened in football, to be fair. Um, one team's on for a quad. Yeah, Bellingham's coming next summer or insert whatever top player you want is coming next summer. And then, like you say, there's a chance they could finish mid-table and then they still get that player. Most of the time, that player turns around and says, actually, yeah. I'll, I'm all right, thanks. I'll go elsewhere. So, look, if, if he does come and it would suggest that we are confident in getting him now, uh, based on Paul Joyce's article yesterday, we are so lucky because we don't really deserve a player on that calibre right now. Um, but it's just a good job. Our club's absolutely massive and we've got Jurgen Klopp. The second one, Mason Mount, just before I let you come in, mate. Um Again, he's not one that I'm too sold on yet. He's not one that I don't think any is on anyone's top three or four to come in. If you could pick, if it was down to me and you, we could pick the three midfielders. I don't think either of us would say him. Do I see qualities in him that would improve on what we've seen tonight, last week, the week before, the week before, the week before? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And, um, Again, as long as you can get him for a decent fee, I'm not against it because I'm just tired, mate. I, I'm not against anything right now because I'm just sick to death of seeing the same old nonsense from our midfielders, from our centre-backs, from our full-backs. I mean, I'm just going to go on another tangent before you come in, mate. Costa Simicast <laughs> today. If anybody, and Shiggs, I'm speaking to you, mate. If anybody <laughs> thinks that he is good enough or he will be good enough to displace Andy Robertson, please get, just... I know it's hard to book a doctor's appointment right now, but please just try your best to get your head tested. Because what I saw tonight from him... Oh, go on, Eric. What do you think, mate? Potential signs. Yeah. My head's... No, uh, <laughs> so, because I've got to jump in on that because I said when we done that, uh, when we were the directors of football on the podcast, I said I was half and half. I uh, just so shaky and so... I don't want to be harsh, but he was so bad, and it's—he <laughs> just was. There's no, I can't say anything more. It was so bad from the first minute. He was getting ragged all over the place, and I know we discussed. Um, it's probably at the bottom of priorities, new signings. But you know, if someone wants Simicast, I think Liverpool should do their best to cash in and yeah. make make you know. So what if they've got to spend another, you know, more time scouting another player? It's needed, I think, because Simicast has been after all season. A lot of these players have been don't want to be going in on just one player who's who is a backup. Um, but yeah, I had to jump in on that. He was no, he was awful. He was he was really poor. But everyone was no one was good. Um, on Mountain Bellingham, no, not what Allison. Uh, literally every single week, it's the same thing. Yeah. Allison, yeah. Um, Mountain Bellingham, it's it's been said, we've said it before. Um, if Mount, you know, 
it's I I like him. I wouldn't say he's top of my list, as you said, top three. I want defensive midfield, as I said that last season. Fabinho was getting run into the ground already. He needed someone to help him. That's still very necessary now. It's it's interesting that Lavia is getting linked all of a sudden. I mean, it's all of a sudden he was getting linked with quite a few tackles, but uh, Liverpool's name has been, you know, thrown in the mix now. I think that's positive. It's really encouraging for me. Um, Caicedo as well. All of a sudden, Caicedo. Uh, <laughs> He's uh, more more of a wine album type, I think, than a Fabinho. But it's still it's a defensive minded midfielder. It's a it's a clock minded midfielder of he's gonna run, run, run himself into the ground. I know I've just criticized Fabinho for and Henderson for doing that, but when they've got the legs, they can do it all they want. Um Benning will also do that. So is when you've got a mount as mount, of course. I think there's so fresh legs and energy and hungry. When you've got a balance of that and like an attacking-minded version of that and a defensive-minded version of that, you see Klopp's midfield, and it's, it's probably the best way for Fabinho was, as Pete Henderson was was there, you know, Wijnaldum. You, we've said it all before, so he, he needs to rebuild that. Um, Bellingham is 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 going to be the be or end-all, isn't he, kind of thing. But as as we've mentioned, Juice is, is, is like a god, isn't he? When, when he mentions a name, it's everyone... Uh, is excited, so I think confidence-wise, Liverpool seems to be confident. I seem to be confident. I don't know if you seem to be confident. I think you are with Bellingham coming in. Mount as well. It looked like them too defensive-minded as well. Yeah. Um, to be honest, after that, I think centre back needs to be really, really badly addressed. Um, I thought can I can I say the shocker as well tonight? To be honest, um, massive. Every time I bought it, put it over the top, Finished. Looked, couldn't run. It's yeah, it it doesn't look great for him. Gomez, he's not a right back, but he's he's okay as a defensive man, a right back. But he, he again wasn't great. Looked like he was getting kind of ragged all over the place. So somehow they kept the clean sheets beyond me. Um, but I do think the centre back really does need to be addressed. Not as much as midfield at all, but money needs to be thrown at that as well. How much money? You know, it's been said the past two days. FSG are going to give club funds. It needs to be a lot of funds. Let's yeah. say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've just seen Super Tiger's comment. Big up for joining the stream, mate. Links come to Pacify the fan base after poor results. Those LFC fans think FSG would change their spots when they've shown that they would do the bare minimum in the window with excuse articles justifying it. Um, I would agree to some extent if it wasn't Paul Joyce that wrote that article. If it was anybody else, I would, okay, maybe there's a bit of PR in there, but Nah, Paul just, he, he doesn't get involved in speculation. He's not interested in transfer rumours. He's pretty much, when a deal's far down the line or if Liverpool are confident in bringing in a player, that's when he drops the piece saying that Liverpool are still interested or Liverpool know this or this player is keen. Those sort of things. When you see Joyce say those things, now we're still not saying it's done. Let's just make that perfectly clear. But when Joyce starts talking... That's when your eyebrows should start raising and think, okay, like this is serious now. I, I 100% get what you mean, but I would, if that was from other journos, I would agree with you. But Paul Joyce, uh, isn't, is that's, I don't think so, mate. Uh, but thanks for joining the stream. I appreciate that. Um, Elliot, doesn't get much easier, does it? Arsenal Easter Sunday. Yeah. Um, we need an Easter miracle, aren't we? Yeah. Jesus Christ, me rise whether Liverpool can score a goal. 
Well, they have uh, got Jesus, so yeah, I think. Yeah, well, there seems to be like some sort of weird confidence from the majority of maybe not after tonight. Uh, Liverpool were gonna. It's it's the bigger test for Arsenal. It's a free hit for Liverpool now. I think every game's a free hit for Liverpool now because there's no expectation, uh, which is is a sad thing to say because this team was going for a quadruple twelve months ago. Uh, it's a it's the bigger test for Arsenal, so Liverpool should play on that. Uh, whether they can or not is another question. Yeah, and Klopp has. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, and. I know I've got Virgil van Dijk's biggest fan in the world watching me. Um, I get told off every time uh, I criticise him, but I don't know if that makes us better or worse. After watching Joe Matip today, um, I, I probably would be in favour of bringing him back in. But Jurgen Klopp has just confirmed that Virgil um, is available for Arsenal. Um, let's see a couple more of Klopp's quotes whilst we've been on here. We will go again and play better. Jürgen, you said that last time and the time before and the time before and the time before. You've, yeah. You know what? I love this guy so much. I've said it before. <laughs> Without being too deep, I love this man more than some of my own family, but he's, he's, he's testing me. And you know what? People you love sometimes do test you, but apparently he said super attitude, super mentality. That's what I saw. I think he needs to get some glasses again because since he's uh, not had his glasses, I think he's started to be a bit more questionable. Maybe, maybe tonight was this Liverpool side being super mentality and super effort or whatever you said. He said maybe that's all they're capable of now, which is is a fair fair thing, I think, to say. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Just going back to Arsenal on Sunday, um, for me, the only saving grace, and this isn't even a saving grace, this is just the only thing I have to cling on to right now is it's at Anfield. Other than that, there's nothing I can see in this team that makes me think we can beat Arsenal right now. And that's sad, mate, because Arsenal have been our whipping boys for the last four or five seasons. <laughs> you play Arsenal at home, it's a guaranteed three goals. Jota gets at least two. Firmino usually becomes a madman. This time, mate, it's the first time in a long time where I'm actually thinking they are very scary. Yeah, it they are. They, there's no question the top of the league for a reason. Uh, it's as I said, it's the bit probably the biggest test they'll get now um, until maybe they play City still, don't they? So maybe mm-hmm. not. But maybe uh, mentality wise, I think it's their biggest test because Arteta. Last season, when Liverpool won four 0 Arsenal had Liverpool probably where they wanted them. You know, midway through the first half, then Arteta loses head, and the Anfield crowd literally defeats them themselves. Um, it'll be on how naive Arteta wants to be. I think he's proven he's not that anymore. But he loves he loves to be the pantomime villain on the touchline. That won't work at Anfield. It just depends on how much the fans actually believe in in this team. Which I mean, can I can't blame anyone for thinking that, you know, they won't get a result on Sunday. But, you know, I don't think anyone thought Liverpool would get a result against City going back to October, obviously. But that was a change of system that day. I think it's needed now. 4-3-3 is, not, is, is, is nothing. It, it doesn't work. Um, to even just get a Europa League place, and I know people go, ah, oh, we don't want Europa League. Europa League... Uh, in Klopp's first half a season saw some of the greatest Anfield nights under Klopp 
Liverpool need Europe of some sort. So they've got to change something in order to get results. No, no European football next season is so dull. Uh, I, I'm taking Europe, Europe, what in whatever case this is. So they need to change it, and I'd like to see a change get again uh, on Sunday. Something has to happen because it's just not working. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, we're gonna wrap up there, guys. I agree with Elliot. We have to. I don't know. Just, I think maybe go back to the guys that didn't play today. Maybe now that they've had a week, a game off, they've recharged on what they needed to do. I don't know, Virgil was all, mate. I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, it was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? But listen, if, yeah. if, it, if it helps him rest up then. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But um, guys, Arsenal next. Uh, read the comments. Okay, I will read some of the comments. Uh, that's a good shot, actually. I didn't realise you guys had been leaving so many. Um, let me just quickly flick for a few of these that we've not read. Uh, Bellingham amount is good, but it's not enough. We need more than that just for the starting 11 for the bench as well. When we're 38 year old James Warren is having to be playing week in, week out, I agree with that. We all agree with that. Uh, we've already read that one. Um, Adrian Gomez, Matic, Jones, Milner, Henderson, Phillips, Artur, Ox, Kaita, Firmino, Fabinho, Thiago, all out. Is that who you get rid of next season? Wow. That's more than what we said, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe uh, Chris says no mount, no mount, no mount, no. I I, I don't think he wants mount, guys. Um, <laughs> I think Chris wants Mason Mount. Uh, we'll see, mate. mate. Look, if you're against Mason Mount and we saw Mason Mount, let's just hope that it proves you wrong because, you know, we'll need him to, won't we? So uh, mm-hmm. what else is there? We go again, ridiculous and ridiculous sort of things out. Listen, we all hope he can, and I'm confident he still will. Maybe not this season, maybe after this season off, but, you know, we haven't just got it for the season. It's a shame that it's come to this, but it is what it is. Um, Yeah, I think that's it, to be fair. I don't think there's been much else said. But, guys, uh, Arsenal on Sunday, uh, we're going to, I think we'll probably do the pod on Monday night because um, I'll be with my family for Easter Sunday. So, um, yeah. Make sure you, you're around for that. Hopefully, we have a win, Elliot. For you, <laughs> yeah, um, please. <laughs> and, um, yeah, guys, if you celebrate Easter, then have a great Easter. If you're celebrating Ramadan, then, of course, um, we we hope you're having an amazing time with your family and your friends. And, you know, it brings you a great time of peace and, you know, everything with that and health and just that you're in a good good place right now over that time. And uh, we will see you in the next podcast. And um, yeah, take care and goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.